our series that we began a couple of weeks ago on the story of Elijah. And what we're doing is taking a look at some major events in the life of this uh, Old Testament character. And there are some pretty prominent things that took place. We began two weeks ago uh, where Elijah was fed by ravens and had a personal brook that he drank. And last week we talked about the dry brook. What happens when those brooks dry up in our lives? And uh, if you missed that, check it out on our website or on our YouTube page. Um, God really, I believe, spoke to a lot of us here. We're going to pick up today where we left off with this story. And I would encourage you to turn to 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter 17. 1 Kings chapter 17. And today we're going to start in verse 7. And I want to share a message that I've entitled Picking Up Sticks. Picking up sticks. I was so tempted to put like popsicle sticks all over the sanctuary. Uh, that would have been a blast, but, but I, I, I didn't do it. Then I was going to grab a bunch of sticks from the, <laughs> from the back and just say, let's just throw them all. And that probably would have been overdoing it. So uh, common sense prevailed. But I, I want to take a look where we left off from our last message to a point where Elijah now is being led to a place called Zarephath. And what takes place there is actually pretty incredible. The person whom Elijah encounters, to be quite honest with you, might be very similar to some of us here today. And what happens for this woman is also remarkable. And I want to share that with you here today about a woman whom Elijah encountered who was... Picking up sticks. And I dare say that spiritually, there may be some people under the sound of my voice that spiritually, emotionally, you, you are you're gathering some sticks. Maybe you've given up. Maybe you're not so sure how much further you can go with what you're dealing with here today. And I've got an answer for you. God has not forgotten you. I said God's not forgotten you. And he cares very much about what it is that you're facing. And I'd like to unpack these verses, verses 7 through 16 of this chapter. And uh, if you're able to, could you stand with me for the reading of God's word? Starting in verse 7. It's always so funny to hear the groans and the muscles. And the, ugh. Nicole needs to lead us in like stretching exercises next week during the announcements. <laughs> that would be funny. Okay. Let's, are you ready? Let's take a look at verse 7. Here we go. Sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. And then the word of the Lord came to him. This is Elijah. Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath, and when he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, would you bring me a little water in a jar so that I may have a drink? 
And as she was going to get it, he called, and bring me, please, a a piece of bread. And as surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son so that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said, but first, make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me, and then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. So she went away and did as Elijah had told her, so there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up, and the jug of oil did not run dry, in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Let's talk about those times that we might find ourselves gathering sticks, picking up sticks. Jesus, I pray that you would meet us today at our, whether it be our desperation, whether it be our difficulty, whether it be our crisis, whatever battle that we might be facing, I ask you, Lord Jesus, that you would meet us right there. And Lord God, that you would speak to us today through your word, and Lord, that we would walk from this place today, living this out, not just hearing a message, but living this out and knowing that we have victory through you. So God, I pray that your word would speak to us in a brand new way. And Lord, I'll thank you in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. Amen. You may be seated. (laughs) Interesting story, huh? You've got this desperate woman who is at the end of her rope. But before we go there, I want to back this story up because I will tell you today that there were actually two big steps of faith that took place in the passage that we just read that I want to invite you to consider taking as well. So to make this a little bit easier on all of us today, I want to break this down in just three little parts here today before we serve you cake, okay? But today, this morning, I want to look at the man, the mother, and the miracle. The man, the mother... And the miracle. I rarely give my points ahead of time, so that's a spoiler, all right? So let's unpack this. You ready? Let's, let's before we get to the, to the widow who is gathering sticks, let's first start by talking about the man, Elijah. The man, Elijah. Now that's whom this series is named after that we're looking at is these uh, journeys that Elijah took and these events that took place in, in and through and for Elijah. And uh, again, starting in verse 7, we 
take a look at what Elijah did. Uh, Look again with me. Verse 7 says, Sometime later the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Remember, there was this huge drought that Elijah had prophesied that was coming. Then the word of the Lord came to him. By the way, let me remind us of what we learned two weeks ago. When you find your dry times, when you find your moments where things are difficult, it's important that the word of the Lord come alive in your life. It's important that you acquaint yourself with what the Bible has to say to you. Can somebody say amen to that? But let's keep going. Verse 9 then says this, Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath, and when he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so that I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, And bring me, please, a piece of bread. This is not a very Atkins-friendly message here today. Now, Here's what's interesting about this scripture is that Elijah has just gone through a pretty significant, pretty incredible supernatural experience. In fact, to get a a read on that, let's back up even more and and go to verse 2 again. This is what we read two weeks ago. It says, then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Boy, you see where the word of the Lord is prominent, by the way? Uh, he says, leave here, turn eastward, and hide in the Kareth Ravine, east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook, and I have directed the ravens to supply, not the football team, but actual birds. I've directed the ravens to supply you with, that'd be cool, uh, with food there. So he did what the Lord had told him. He went to the Kareth Ravine, east of the Jordan, and he stayed there. And the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. Ladies and gentlemen, Elijah is having his personal DoorDash <laughs> supplied by God miraculously in the midst of a drought that's taken place, in the midst of famine that's going on in the land. Elijah is being taken care of by God. Elijah is being provided for miraculously. We covered this two weeks ago. It's pretty incredible. But now look what was taking place. God has moved Elijah from that place of supernatural provision. How many of you could get used to that? You wake up and you got another sandwich. You got your own water in the brook. You are being taken care of. That is a great place to be spiritually. How many of you would agree with me? God is taking care of you. But then God makes, and we covered this, God makes a big adjustment to your life. God makes a big change in your life. And some of us, we don't want change. We don't like change. And if that isn't enough, God tells Elijah, I want you to go to Zarephath. And you see it on the slide. The name Zarephath literally means a fiery trial. 
Hey, Elijah, have you enjoyed the free sandwiches? Yes. Pretty good. The chicken's my favorite. Great. Well, I want you to get up. Okay. What's next? Pizza? No. I want you to go to fiery trial. Really? Now, it's one thing to be brought to a place where everything is putting in rainbows and wonderful. It's another thing for God to guide you to a fiery trial. <laughs> hey, thanks, God. And some of us, some of us, as we are going from the brook and the free sandwiches, and we're brought to a fiery trial, we're brought to our Zarephath, we are brought to a place that is way different than what we've been experiencing and really enjoying as we're, as we're brought from this great place to this new place, some of us would be rebuking the enemy. Some of us would say, oh, I'm going to pray against this. We're going to say, no, devil, get thee behind me. And the devil's like, I had nothing to do with this. And could it be that some of us right now were in Zarephath? We, we, we just left the Kareth Ravine. We, we, we just left our own personal brook and our provision. We just left something that was really great. But God has now changed things in your life. And, and it seems that what he has brought you to is a fiery trial. He's brought you to this job situation that you had bigger dreams for than this. He's, he's brought you to this relationship that you thought, oh, I thought it was going to work better than this, and, and now there's trouble. He's brought you to this home situation. He's brought you to this emotional situation. He's, he's brought you to this physical situation that you find yourself in right now, and right now you are in Zarephath, and the temptation is to get angry at God because right now you are at a place that is not nearly as comfortable as it used to be. We typically don't like Zarephath. Even though the scripture says, hey, rejoice when you face trials of many kinds, that's hard to flesh out. I'm sick. Yay. I hate my job. woo -hoo. Whatever your Zarephath is, I wonder. In fact, I will tell you that God may actually have a plan for you that he couldn't do. Hmm. He, he couldn't use you in this way at the brook. So he brought you to Zarephath because God has a plan for you there. You ever ask God, why am I going through this? You ever ask that? We don't want to admit that. But if you read the Psalms for any length of time, 
Okay, there were plenty of times where the psalmist said, God, why? Lots of times. And sometimes we're brought to that too. We're like, God, why am I here? And, and, and God will say, oh, I've, I've, Elijah, I've got a plan for you. I've got a plan. Don't distance yourself from me now, God would say. Don't walk away from me. I've, I never left you. Ooh. See, see, some of us, in fact, there's some bad preaching out there that would suggest that when you leave your brook, by brook, in, in your club sandwiches, and then when, when, you're, when you're brought to Zarephath, some will suggest, oh, there must be some sin in your life. Maybe you've done something wrong. Maybe, maybe you just don't have enough faith. And I don't read that. God actually led Elijah to fiery trial city for a purpose. And today, you might feel like you're in Zarephath because of what you're facing. You might feel like that this difficulty, this crisis, this hardship that you're facing, you might think it's punishment from God. You might think that you've done something wrong. You might think that, oh, you know, God obviously doesn't like me. And, and none of that is true. In fact, God loves you so much. He actually, he didn't like, did you notice? He didn't say, good luck, camper, and, and I'll talk to you when you get through this. He, he walks with us to Zarephath. Those of you sitting on this side, I didn't mean for this to be the bad side, but it just... <laughs> And all the people are here, we're at the dry brook. <laughs> we got the sandwiches. So some of us, we find ourselves in Zarephath and, and, and we're, we're so upset. What could God ever do now that I'm in this situation? And I need to tell you, I need to tell you that you very well could be used by God in a pretty profound way if you'll just obey him. If you just listen to God, stick with him, don't distance yourself from him, don't, don't walk away from God, don't walk away from the body of Christ, don't put that Bible down, don't stop praying, this is the time for you to actually get a lot closer to God in Zarephath. So what was Elijah's purpose? The man, Elijah, what was his purpose? His purpose was found in a very desperate mother. Secondly, I want to take a look at the mother. We saw the man, Elijah. But now I want to take another look here because some of you, some of you, maybe you're wondering, why am I even in Zarephath? But some of you, you're beyond that. Some of you today, you, you might be able to relate to this mom. Let me show you. Take a look at the scripture. Starting in verse, let's start in verse 12. It says, as, now, now remember, 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 okay? Elijah has just asked this mother for a loaf of bread and something to drink, Okay? 
Verse 12, as surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread. Only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we might eat it and die. This woman is preparing her final meal for herself and her child. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said, but first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. Now, maybe you can't relate to Elijah, but maybe... Maybe you can relate to the mom. No, nobody here is, is more than likely going home to cook their last TV dinner, and then that's it. For goodness sakes, if it is, take more cake. Okay? <laughs> that fixes everything. But, okay, let's, let's, let's bring this home. Wow, this, this mother was very overwhelmed. Think of what was going through her mind. This is it. This is it. I mean, as she's picking up those sticks, she knows what she has in the kitchen. It's just a handful of flour, just a little bit of oil. Well, I could go on Jesus being the bread of life and the Holy Spirit being represented in oil, couldn't I? But that's another sermon. But she's gathering up all these sticks and she's at that point where she feels she's reached the end. And maybe today, those of you who might be watching us online, those of you who are here this morning, maybe that's you. You don't feel like there is an answer anymore to this relationship, to, to your work situation. And, you know, it, it's, one, it's one thing to be in the midst of a crisis, but it's another thing to think that I might as well just give up. I've met too many people that are part of the church that have been where this mother is at, where they think that they've reached the end of their rope, the end of whatever it is that they're experiencing. It might be a person's health. It, it, it could be uh, a, a marriage. It, it could be a relationship with a child. It could be so many things. And look, I'm not trying to open up a bunch of wounds here today. But I do want to pause here and just say that if you're in some kind of pain today, the Lord can actually use you in the midst of your pain. Let me say that again. The Lord can still use you in the midst of your pain. You might feel like you live in Zarephath. I will tell you that does not disqualify you from the blessings 
and the anointing of God. And this, this woman was overwhelmed. If you're a parent, think of, what, think of what they were going through. Think of what she was feeling. But not only was this woman overwhelmed, and this is where I want to challenge us today, but this woman was also obedient. Okay. Now let's back up. See, because here's where... Here's where, because we know the end of the story, we're saying, yeah, okay, that was great. But would you pause with me as you are gathering sticks for your, for your son and you to eat one more meal and then die? And some old man comes in and says, hey, make me some bread. What? Make you some bread. I'm about to die here. Oh, and bring me something to drink, too. Who do, you think, who do you think you're talking to? Do you realize what I'm going through? See, I'm gathering up these sticks, sir, because me and my kid are about to die because we have nothing else. And you want some bread. That makes absolutely no sense. And yet, she did it. You ever read a a command from Scripture that on the surface didn't really make sense to you? Don't seek revenge, forgive. Ooh. No, no, no. No. That might work for somebody else, but not me. I think God understands. No? We, we read the scripture as to how we're supposed to live our lives, as to how we're supposed to conduct our relationships, on how we are supposed to uh, function together as husband and wife, for example. And, and then our culture will creep in and say, well, you know what? <laughs> I mean... Let's, let's be real, okay? I mean, you know, do what makes you feel good. Do what makes sense to you. How about when the Holy Spirit leads you to do something that is so out of your comfort zone? What do you do? You obey. You you obey. This woman could have said, hit the bricks, old man. She didn't. Because she recognized that this was actually God talking to her. And she obeyed. If you're overwhelmed by what you might be facing today, could I challenge you with the example of a nameless mother who still chose to obey even when it didn't make sense? See, it's easy to obey the commands that we have no problem with. Thou shalt not kill. I'm good. 
most days. I'm good. But then, then there, there's some areas that the word of God begins to deal with me. And it's like, okay, God, now you're kind of getting in my stuff. You're dealing with my thought life. You're dealing with my attitude. You're dealing with how I treat other people, how I respond to people who are mean to me. Okay, now you're getting into my stuff. That's not as easy to obey. And the Lord, I think, would remind us today that if you find yourself living in fiery trial city, (laughs) this is the time for you to obey God no matter what. This is the time for you to listen to the voice of the Lord. This is the time for you to get into God's word like you've never got into it before because you need it. Because the word of the Lord needs to come alive in your life when you are in Zarephath. This woman was overwhelmed, but still she was obedient. If you find yourself overwhelmed here today, please, I beg of you, be be obedient. Because this man interacted with this mother and then God brought about, thirdly and lastly, a miracle. A miracle. And look at this miracle. It wasn't just one loaf of bread. It says this, she went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah, for the woman, and for her family. For the jar of flour was not used up, and the jug of oil did not run dry, in keeping with what? The word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Say, Pastor, how'd that happen? I don't know. I don't know. How does God do Most of the things he does, I don't know. Can I free you from having to figure God out today? Just obey. Just obey. Well, how's he going to do it? I don't know. Well, I need to know. No, you don't. You don't. Just trust him. We sang that song, I trust in God. I trust in God. Out of the inconvenient direction of Elijah that he faced, a miracle took place. Let's back up to Elijah, you see. He left his personal food supply, he left his personal water supply, and he went to fiery trial city, and then it made sense. I see now. I Now I know what you had in mind, God. Now I know why you let me go here. It wasn't about me. It was about this woman and her child. It's not always about you. We have made the the Bible, we've made the gospel so much about us. Where's my blessing? Me, give me this. I want this. I want, to, I want it all. And, and God says, you'll get nothing and like it. He, no, he, he doesn't say that. 
cocky to say that. Some of you have said, but God says, no, 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 no. You might be uncomfortable, but I've got a purpose for you at that job. I've got a purpose for you with what you're facing. I'm going to use you, and it might not just be about you. You might actually be able to touch someone else's life because you were obedient enough to be led to this place by me. Mm. I wish we could see our Zarephath moments like that more often. God, what is your purpose in this? We're so busy rebuking the enemy and wanting to get the blessing and wanting to get this and gimme, 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 and we forget to say, God, how do you want to use me in this? God, what's your purpose in this? God, is there somebody, is there a nurse that I need to minister to while I'm in the hospital? Is there a fellow student on the campus that I somehow need to minister, even though I hate this class? What what do you want to do? God, is there something that I need to do that I find myself in Zarephath? I don't even know why I'm here, and yet here I am. So God, what's your purpose? And while you're at it, I wouldn't mind some bread. (laughs) But out of that inconvenient direction of Elijah, there a miracle came. Elijah, God, God has a purpose for you in Zarephath. He, he's, he's got someone in mind for you to interact with in Zarephath. And also, Jonathan, if you could help me. Not only out of the inconvenient direction of Elijah was their miracle taking place, but out of the incredible desperation that this woman faced, a miracle took place. You see, we talk about the woman's obedience. How easy would it have been for the woman to give Elijah some bread? If she had about 10 loaves in the pantry. Ah, here you go. We got nine more. She was down to the end. See, the real miracles come when you obey and it's really uncomfortable to obey. But but that sacrifice... I want you to hear me. That sacrifice and that willingness to obey, no matter what, that is when miracles come. Oh God, that we would be a people who obey God even when it's uncomfortable and inconvenient to do so. And then that God would show his faithfulness to each and every one of us because we obeyed him no matter what. Are you hearing me today? So I, I, I wonder, I, I wonder if, if there are some Elijahs in here that, that have found themselves being moved from this great place that you were spiritually, emotionally, maybe even physically, and, 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 and God has brought you now to fiery trial city. None of this makes sense, God. What are you, what are you doing? 
Some of you are asking God that question right now. What are you doing? Trust me, God has somebody. God has somebody in your place. God has somebody in your future. God has a moment for you to experience him in a new way. Just don't back off from God. Don't walk away from him. Don't leave him. Just just do what he says. And we might have some people that are picking up sticks. And you feel like you're at the end. And what you don't realize is that your miracle is here. Your, your, your miracle is closer than you think. And you thought the bread truck was going to show up. But it's actually some hungry and thirsty old guy who says, hey, make me some bread and give me something to drink. The blessing of God sometimes is not wrapped in the, in, in, in the wrapping that we want it to be wrapped in. I should say that again. The answer, the blessing, the miracle is not always wrapped up in the wrapping, in the packaging that you would like it to be. But mom, you gather those sticks. But realize that your miracle's coming. Just obey God. The answer's coming. Just do what he says. No matter how much it makes sense to you, obey him. And that's when we see the miracles. That's when we see the provision. That's when we see the answers. That's, that's when we see the supernatural. A friend today, don't walk out of here defeated. Walk out of here knowing that God's going to use you and God's going to provide for you. Can you say amen? Would you stand to your feet, please? Elijah, God wants to use you. And that's my prayer for you today. That even this week, even this week, Elijah, God would use you dramatically. And to those of us gathering sticks, I, I want you to walk out of here encouraged that this isn't the end. No way. God still has your miracle. So how do we respond to this? We pray. And to the Elijahs in here, we say, God, what is your purpose? And that's the conversation I want you to have. And I'm believing that God's going to drop people or situations or facts into your mind that you weren't expecting when you came here this morning. But it may be just a little bit more clear what God wants to do through you and in you because you find yourself in Zarephath. And to the ones that are gathering sticks and you're at the end and you're not sure where the answer is going to come, 
Maybe you just need to pray and say, Jesus, what I need from you is an answer. What I need from you, Lord Jesus, is to know that my answer and my miracle and the supernatural is closer than I think it is. Those are the two prayers I would pray that you would pray today. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to say amen. And when I do, we're going to open up this altar area for you to pray. We're also going to open up this whole sanctuary for you to pray. So if you'd rather pray at your seat, go for it. I just want you to pray. I just want you to seek God. And if God's released you, you can consider yourself dismissed after I pray. In fact, I'll pray over the food so you don't have to wait on me, okay? But right now, right now, the most important person we can talk to, Elijah, is God. The most important person we could talk to, to all the stick gatherers here, is God. And let's see what the Lord does. So Jesus, I pray for every Elijah that's in here, Lord God, that find themselves transitioning from a real great place to a fiery trial, whatever that is, whatever that looks like. God, your hand is still on them, and God, you still want to touch them and use them and take care of them like you did Elijah. So Lord, I pray that we would say, God, what is your purpose here? And God, you begin to speak to us through your Holy Spirit. God, that your word would come alive to us as we read it. God, that your spirit would become clear as you speak to us. And God, to those that are a little overwhelmed and desperate today, I pray, God, that you would remind us that the miracle is closer than we think. And maybe we've even prepared for the worst but God, the miracle is closer to us than we think. And Lord, if you could encourage our hearts and be the glory and the lifter of our heads today, if you could wrap your arms around us, Lord God, so that we would know that the answer is closer than we think. God, we could walk out of here with victory. So Jesus, I pray that you would meet with those of us who need to pray. God, as we leave this place, God, we pray for a blessing over the food and the fellowship. God, thank you for all for it. But Lord, even more so, bless the conversations that we're about to have with you. And we'll thank you for what you do in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need